What's up? This is the JJN Show with Josh, with Jacob, with Nick. Welcome back, everyone, to the JJN Show. We are on episode 31. I'm really pumped. Got a sweet interview today uh, with Kate Lovey. And we were just talking a little bit about the last time we had saw each other in person before this. And it's been about like two years, we think. But I met Kate for sure freshman year. And I don't remember if we met in a nutrition, like the intro nutrition class, or if it was in the dorms first. I don't know if you remember that. I think it was actually at like orientation. Okay. Like at the uh, beginning. Okay. So, but we lived in the same dorm and I discovered that in my phone today, actually, when I text was going to text you that you were still in it as Kate from 288 or whatever it was. So that was really funny to me. But so Kate, you are a reaching, recent grad of the U of M and you decided to stick with nutrition. And when I did not, kind of a little jealous of you for that. So you probably have a bit more knowledge on me in that realm. And starting this year now, you'll be going to back to the U of M as well for graduate school. So uh, to just start out, do you want to just give kind of a little brief rundown of who you are and, you know, pretty much anything you want to say, where you're from, why you decided to study nutrition, what you're going to be doing specifically in grad school, whatever you want to say? Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, I'm Kate. Um, I recently graduated from the U with a bachelor's degree in nutrition with it and then with an emphasis in dietetics. Um, and then I applied last spring, I guess, um, to the four plus one nutrition program. And that is a program that you start your senior year of undergrad and then you just have one additional year and you get your master's degree. So saved a lot of money and time. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, Milwaukee originally, and I kind of got interested in nutrition for personal health reasons. Um, I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and that kind of was a journey for me to discover how nutrition could um, basically help diminish, diminish my symptoms and improve my quality of life. And then always loved cooking. Um, and then at the U, I kind of have just bounced around to find my interests. Um, totally different areas. I've worked in clinical community, kind of all over the place. And I'm still kind of figuring out what I want to do. But um, yeah, this year, I'm going to be I'm a research assistant. And then I'm also instructing a course for the first time this fall um, with COVID, which is going to be really interesting. But um, I'm excited. <laughs> Can we get journey? Yeah. So since we're going to be talking a lot about nutrition, I first want to start off with teaching i'm curious what that is going to look like for you with everything going on and because have you started yet or when do classes officially start for the you yeah so classes officially start um on the 8th um we have started prep for this class about for about a month now um i've teed for the same it's a lab the there's six lab sections a semester um, I will be instructing three of them. Um, it's called the Science of Food and Cooking. That's the laboratory. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's very um, time intensive. A lot of energy has to go into it and planning, especially with COVID. And now it's all kind of up in the air. So um, the university just declared that the first two weeks have to be online, no matter what course it is. Yep. So we are 
kind of been scrambling, just figuring out how to put a lab online. Um, we've been doing a lot of demos, cooking, cooking videos, but that's actually kind of been the fun part is that I get to make my own course material this time around. Um, I kind of liked creating stuff and then um, being such a recent student, I think it kind of helps me to understand how they will best go through the material, understand the material, that kind of stuff. But after the two weeks that we have online, we still don't know what the plan is. So um, <laughs> I'll either be like masking up with a shield and heading the lab to teach 68 students, um, or we'll be continuing to record videos and then post them online for students. So kind of hoping it's online, but yeah. No. So for the lab portion, mm -hmm. do you get to pick different types of food? Like, are you prepping food type of thing? Yeah. So there is still like a set curriculum. So I yeah. get to mess with that kind of thing. Um, okay. And it's really making sure they understand the core um, experiments with food, basically. So our first ones are working with the scientific method, measuring techniques. So really basic things like learning how to level flour off a measuring cup, yep. using a scale, that kind of stuff. And the students that come into the class are from a whole range of backgrounds with science. And most okay. of them have never done any sort of science lab before. So I've had students who have asked me if they can put like a metal pan in the microwave and I've had it all. <laughs> so really, yeah, it's interesting. Kind of scary sometimes. I'm glad they ask me before they do things though. So yeah. So I wonder, I wonder how that will look if you have students attempting to do like things like putting a pan in a microwave when they're not supposed to and they're on like apartment or house. Yeah, you know, like I know. exactly. I'm, I am really nervous about that. I'll have to do a safety video or something. <laughs> well, that'll be fun, though. Yeah. That'll be fun, though. So we can kind of dive into, the, like, you know, the nutrition and diet questions a little bit now, but we'll bounce off the COVID topic, and this might – we'll see what kind of conversation this opens up. But I'm curious, you know, with the importance of keeping your immune system healthy right now and during COVID. What kind of advice do you have for me or anyone else you see walking down the street for like it's a healthy diet they should be following right now to like ensure their immune system is at its, at its best performance level? So I would say right now, I think the biggest thing is for people to have more kind of compassion and forgiveness with their diets right now because your mental state is not normal, your environment's not normal, and I think it's very normal to have abnormal eating right now, basically. Um, yep. And that's normal with any stressful time, especially when it's prolonged like this. So I think making sure you have your mental state in check is the most important thing. And then um, just kind of the basic, like trying to keep a schedule, I think is really important. Um, as much as possible, like your normal schedule. Um, hydration's really important. And then also just having balance, but knowing that everyone's body is so different. So kind of listening to your body, again, with that compassion and forgiveness, kind of letting yourself um, 
give in to some of those cravings. So later on, you don't have the late night binge or something like that. Um, yeah. And then I don't know a ton of the science behind this, but I have heard some interesting studies with vitamin D in COVID. Um, vitamin D is always great, and especially going into the winter for Minnesotans, it's really important to have vitamin D. So I would say mm-hmm. I take that. And then um, I always like zinc. I'm a big fan of zinc. <laughs> so I'd okay. say take that. And too. why why zinc in particular? There's just been, I think people have been so obsessed with vitamin C for so long with um, yeah. antioxidants and kind of that realm. Um, and people definitely overdo it. So I think research has been there a lot, but there's a lot of new stuff coming up with zinc, um, mostly with like cold stuff, but um, doesn't hurt to take zinc. Just to- yeah, because I, I started taking zinc probably about, like I take a zinc supplement. Uh, I started doing that. I don't know. It's probably been about a year and I kind of just did it because my younger brother did it. And, uh, I didn't really realize it was good for your immune system, but it's, it's interesting too, that you mentioned, you know, like the mental side of it. Cause I was just talking to my parents and younger brother before this, and we were talking about just like kind of mindful eating in general and, uh, how a lot of times and you can feel free to correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but a lot of times when you eat something unhealthy and then you feel super guilty about it, it makes it like way worse if you're like, you know, stressing about the fact that you ate something un- quote unquote unhealthy. Right. And especially like during now. Definitely. I think, well, honestly, the stress that you have from that guilt or any stress you have revolving around eating certain foods is way worse for you than if you would just eat the food. Like, don't stress about it just eat the food and then yeah yeah i am so guilty of stressing about the food i eat i i've i feel like i've struggled i think yeah it's been so pounded into our brains with diet culture that it's just i don't know there's a guilt associated with food now it doesn't need to be it's not yeah not needed not necessary no i agree so building off of that then, uh, so in your Instagram bio, I saw that you're, I don't, is it H A E S or do you say Hayes? I don't remember. Um, it's, you can say either, but it's Hayes and it stands for health at every size. Yep. And that is that the same thing as an anti-diet advocate is like, do those go together? Do you want to just talk about Hayes and anti, yeah. your anti-diet? Yeah. So they kind of go hand in hand. Um, they're both promoting the same things. And the biggest thing is getting rid of diet culture, kind of trying to block that out um, and move towards a, a new direction. And I'm really happy that the nutrition field is on the same path as this. Um, and we're still kind of working to build that reputation because it has been different in the past. But um, health at every size is really focusing on um, healthy behaviors regardless of weight. And then it's mm-hmm. also an emphasis on um, celebrating body diversity and not um, judging anyone by their body size or assuming any um, health conditions based on someone's body size. Um, And it's really shown, like, the science has been really interesting behind it. Um, People are just noticing their mental health is a lot better because diet culture has taught us to be so ashamed, um, so, like, uncomfortable with foods. um, And it kind of is dismantling that and focuses on food freedom 
um, doing things for your body that are just because it feels good, not because it's going to result in weight loss. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for me that's important is it's, it works to dismantle fat phobia. Um, and a, the biggest problem with that is within our healthcare system. There's a lot of um, bias for people in larger bodies, and it really prevents them from getting the care they need. Um, because you go into a clinic and um, if your doctor has a bias, instead of giving you the treatment they would give a person in a smaller body, they might tell you, go lose X many pounds, and that's not the problem there. So it's kind of, it's a really broad, it's changing a lot of things that we, it's a lot of unlearning, basically, um, of what we've been taught through, like, social media ads, honestly, through school sometimes, like, when you're a kid mm -hmm. in class um yeah so it's a lot of and it's a lot of individual work too um focusing on your individual health and seeing that it's not just a my plate or my chart someone can't just give you a meal plan for everyone it has to be individualized because everyone's body is so different and yeah just about taking better yeah. care of yourself regardless of weight when did that when would you say that shift kind of, and by no means is it perfect now, I assume, but when would you say that shift kind of started to happen? Because I don't, I don't remember a lot from my nutrition classes, actually, to be honest, but I don't remember any mind getting super into that. It was more a lot of just technical items. Yeah. Um, are you saying when did it shift to like Hayes education kind of? Yeah. You, yeah. Cause you mentioned that like, we're kind of like nutrition's kind yeah. of like on learning, like that whole mm -hmm. realm and shifting. Yeah, definitely um, with some of the younger professors I've had, there's a lot more mm -hmm. of that. Um, and then once I've gotten further up in classes, um, you start learning based on the science that is currently coming out. So that's been nice to be like in line with that because nutrition is always changing. Um, and for me, I got the most education in a management of eating disorders course um, mm -hmm. that I took last year but um yeah the higher up ones are definitely more of a emphasis on this and then um the grad classes i've started taking too have been more in this direction i definitely think earlier on it's very much so focused on weight um calorie intake that kind of stuff and it does yeah move away from that yeah Okay, so I, I'm kind of trying to think about how to phrase this. So I wanted to talk about food insecurity a little bit and mm -hmm. the idea of, you know, being able to get healthy food to everyone. And I'm trying to figure out a way to tie that to this, uh, this haze idea a little bit. Um, I don't know. What's your opinion on just like food insecurity in general? And yeah, and everyone I think about the foods they should be eating. Yeah. A big thing with, I think they definitely do tie hand in hand food insecurity and haze um, because healthy foods are expensive and yes. they're always convenient for people. And haze recognizes that there are other priorities for food decisions, and that is totally fine. Sometimes you just have to do what can feed you, um, what can get you your essential nutrients. And there's no shame in that. Yeah. Um, and food insecurity is especially a, a really big thing right now with COVID. 
Um, a lot more families are seeing that as a problem. Um, and college students, it's always been a pretty big issue too. Um, I think people forget about college students, but usually um, if they are low on money, they put it, they tend to put it towards housing or their education and not towards their food. That's like a place mm -hmm. where they're willing to cut. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, they definitely tie hand in hand availability. And then um, yeah, fresh produce is not cheap. No. Available. Yeah. I don't think food desert too. Yeah. I remember on our campus they had the I forget what it was called, like nutritious you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Where you could go and get um, you can go and get free food. And I went one time and it was pretty sweet. Like I think I got like a, a bag of rice, apples and I think some canned foods of some sort, but I don't know. I like I started seeing a little bit of that grow on campus, you know, as the years went and just with like my involvement and more people were becoming into the idea of providing healthy food at a much cheaper cost. And like I said before this, I work for a company now that does that too. Um, yeah, I think they... So I want to kind of talk... Go ahead. I was just going to say I volunteered with the Nutritious Eve Food Pantry and they ended up opening two more locations on campus, which is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, they found it was really yeah. helping. They did a like a whole survey about food insecurity on campus, and they found it was helping students a lot. Do you know how that's going to look for, not just like our campus, because I'm assuming other campuses have it too, but do you know how it's going to work for like during now with COVID and everything, and you can't really just give out food, I assume, because well, of like restrictions, right? Yeah, I know throughout the summer they actually had it, um, I think it was running like every week actually, because they knew really? there was increased need. Yeah, I think it was um, way lower staff for it just to prevent mm -hmm. spreading of COVID, but yeah, I think they still had it going for students. Okay, so my brother wanted me to ask, uh, and I have a feeling, I kind of already know the answer to this question, but we'll see what, my brother wanted me to ask what your younger brother wanted me to ask what your opinion was on diets like uh what did he call it it was like you eat once a day like fasting diets or um i was curious and he was curious too about like fad diets like keto and carnivore diet um and i want to talk about plant-based eating too but we can you can probably save that for the end and we can have a bigger discussion on that as well but I'm just kind of curious what your opinion on like just diets in general is because you know i mean obviously anti-diet advocate but you know like what do you tell people that say i'm doing this diet yeah um so i counseled for a organization i did through boynton health and we got this a lot it was a lot of students coming in being like i found this diet i want to try it help work me through it and i basically would first off say i I'm not familiar with that diet. Can you please explain it to me? Um, but the one of the first questions we were supposed to ask them was, is this a sustainable diet? Can you do it? If you want to start it, could you do it for the rest of your life? And most of them were like, no, because it's usually the purpose of those diets is just kind of a short-term weight loss. That's usually yeah. the goal most people are going for. And you can do that, but then it's you're very likely to just regain it. And then mm -hmm. it's kind of asking like, what was the purpose of that? Um, did you feel good on it? 
And then you also think about all the things you kind of miss out on too in your life because you're focusing on food all the time. Think about like all the social interactions you have and then you have to worry about bringing your own food, all that kind of stuff. Um, it really, diets really do take a lot out of your life. It's a lot of energy. And then I think it's kind of just understanding the motive too. It's what is that for? What are you trying to do? And then if it's for weight loss, I always like to ask, um, what would you be doing different if you were in a smaller body? Like does losing weight really change your life oh. that much and how you would, are you still able to go on walks with your friends? Are you still able to go get drinks with your friends? That kind of stuff. And usually the answer is no, it wouldn't change. So. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I feel like that's a question that everyone that's on a diet should be asked. Uh, <laughs> they should be wow. asked. Well, I feel like a lot of times too, you know, like diets like keto or fasting is like, a, I think there's, it's a little different, but like a keto diet, you know, you're like restricting one specific macro. And I feel like in that situation, that's just never a good idea. Mm-hmm. Even if yeah. it, you know, ends up doing yeah. those diets, some weight loss. Benefits, yeah. But. And those diets too are, they're diets that are definitely needed but they're created for special diseases too so like keto is not created for the average person and people really need carbs so it's not not the greatest idea for just the average person to try it out yeah definitely i'm a i'm a pretty big runner and uh if i didn't eat carbs i feel like i would just die probably (laughs) (laughs) honestly (laughs) you need those doors no, oh, definitely. Especially for like longer distance runs when you just deplete your body of glycogen. Yeah. So what about, and my brother, well, my younger brother and I are uh, plant-based eaters, you could say. And my older brother and his girlfriend are pretty, well, his girlfriend is a vegetarian and he pretty much follows that. And they do it for different reasons than like my younger brother and I do it. I eat that way more for the fitness side of things. And after I like started doing it, kind of got into like the animal cruelty side too. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious because we preached like the plant-based diet a lot on our podcast and just like mentioned it through conversation. I'm kind of curious what your opinion is with it as a whole. And it's like, obviously gotten very popular with a ton of documentaries on netflix and things like that and uh beyond just people trying to lose weight how you feel about it if someone wanted to like make make that change for it like indefinitely no because i've been eating Mm plant-based for it's going to be a year in like two weeks great yeah i have cut out i stopped eating red meat when i was like really really young i was i think i was in seventh grade um i saw like a it was Food Inc. or some documentary, and they were killing cows. And I just after that was completely done. Just the yeah. part really made me sad. But um, I definitely think it's a great option for the environment. And I, I think it's kind of where our diets are going to need to be headed in the future because we're not going to have the same resources, honestly, in the next 10 years. Um, but alongside that, also need to make sure um, you're taking care of yourself. I think that's really important. 
Um, so making sure you're still getting your key nutrients and then also that it doesn't turn into kind of an obsession where it's in your constant thoughts all the time because um, that's not healthy either. Um, but yeah, key nutrients like iron, B12, zinc, which you're taking, <laughs> calcium, um, those are like mostly meat, animal um, products, nutrients that are really important to get if you're not eating those. Yeah, well, especially B12, right? Yeah, B12 is really important. Do you eat nutritional yeast? Yeah, I eat a lot of nutritional yeast. <laughs> yeah. uh, I always put it and on I, my... I do. Go ahead. Oh, I just said I always put it on my popcorn. It's like cheesy popcorn. Yeah, have you ever done? I have put nutritional yeast and sriracha on popcorn before. Have you ever done that? No, no, I haven't. It's really messy, clearly, but it yeah. is good. You get like, yeah, it's pretty hard to eat, but it's pretty stinking good. And I put nutritional yeast on like. Uh, anything that makes sense as long as it's not like oatmeal or like a anything breakfast food, like yogurt or something i pretty much can add it yeah uh no but well the, that's kind of good to hear i was go, sorry go ahead. Oh, i can tell we're a little like off sync a little oh, bit here that's okay um the vegetarian thing though back to like that as a diet as a whole um i i think it's not as concerning to me as like other diets that kind of thing um, and then I was also, we learned a lot about, um, I don't know which class it was. And one of my like sociocultural or global nutrition classes or something, um, we talked about blue zones a lot. Um, and those mm -hmm. are like hotspots for life longevity. And most of them are vegetarian, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've watched a good amount of documentaries and read a decent amount of books. And they mentioned that all the time. And I, I kind of feel like, too, a lot of time with, I don't know, I guess myself, at least, I'm a lot more aware of, like, what I'm eating and looking for my nutri nutrients, you know? I mean, that might be because of my nutrition background, too, but I don't know if I can say that for all, like, people who are vegetarian, because, okay, I definitely can't say that, because I feel like there's definitely a good amount of vegetarian but um, as you're getting your key nutrients though i don't see much of an issue with that i know there's sometimes issues with like your caloric intake mm -hmm. yeah i think yeah a lot of people think when you go on a vegetarian diet too or vegan diet that it's all vegetables and that and fruits and that is just not a sustainable way to eat it's really important to make sure you're getting like whole grains protein sources and the fat component is really important when you're a vegetarian or vegan gotta keep it sorry back. i am i'm moving to a spot that has better wi-fi so that <laughs> my computer can keep lagging out on me no it was bugging me definitely the school and work from home has made me learn how bad my wi-fi is <laughs> oh for real oh, okay this hopefully will be better so okay you just said that fat was really important. No, no, there's an echo in here. Um, just kind of like a balance. Make sure you have like whole grains, protein, and then I think a lot of people forget how important fats are, but they're very important. Because usually yeah. if you're eating meat, fat is a big component of that. But um, when you are vegan or vegetarian, sometimes you forget to add those components in. Yeah. Have you gotten, when you were like doing the counseling stuff, did you ever get questions about 
people being worried about protein intake or any other macro? Um, yeah, we did have, um, we had a way to like calculate how much protein you, you should eat basically. And I would run through that with some of them, especially if they were athletic or very active. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a wide range. What kind, of, what kind of advice do you have in that realm then for a plant-based athlete runner or a soccer um, player? Make sure you're having complete proteins. I think that's really important. So yeah. mixing, you know all about that. I'm sure you learned in the beginning of nutrition. That was like a really important component. Well, I had, I had actually forgotten about that until mm -hmm. like two weeks ago, to be <laughs> honest. And I, I read it in a book and I was like, I forgot that that was even a thing. And I had a friend that asked me about that too, actually, and like getting your nutrients. And it was right after I had read it. And I was like, I should definitely mention that you need to make sure you're getting complete proteins because mm -hmm. there isn't a plant source that's a complete protein, right? You have to pair it. Quinoa. Quinoa is? Okay. One, basically. Well, tofu, I think tofu is too. Okay. Like those, it's very few though. And it has to have the full amino acid chain, basically. But pairing is great. You can pair grains and protein, plant protein sources, and you'll get all of that in it. Yeah. There isn't, like, any weird thing. Like, I don't know how the digestive part of it works, but there isn't any weird thing where, like, if they're incomplete, they won't, like... Like, I, I'm just imagining you eating two incomplete proteins and then, like, combining somehow when you digest it. But I don't know. I assume that's not actually how it works. I assume it's more just, like, you need both, both sources, right? Yeah, it's it's mostly just for the amino acids. So it's just make sure, making sure you have. And they also found, looking at protein quality, that it's more important to have the correct ratio of those amino acids than it is to have, like, a really huge amount. So it's it's mostly just looking for that balance and it's, it works. If you eat it, eat it paired, they're not gonna, they'll work the same. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, I believe. And they were talking about how a lot of people typically worry about their protein intake. And it's funny because they said fiber in specific, but is a nutrient that like, the majority of the world is deficient in. Do you know anything about that? Is that true? Can you speak to that at all? Yeah, we've talked about um, the U has a huge department that's done research on whole grains. Yeah. Um, and they've done a lot with kids and fiber. And I, I know that was a huge topic of interest because kids are really low in it. And I think it's just um, like processed foods. I think that's the biggest reason for why we don't get a ton of it. Um, and I think and I, bread products were the easiest way for them to kind of get that into a diet instead of forcing kids to eat tons of vegetables. Yeah. I mean, I was probably very deficient in fiber when I was growing up because I feel like I hated vegetables. <laughs> I can't, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like most kids don't like vegetables, you know? So, I mean, that makes sense why they, why that group of kids are pretty like low on it. Yeah, kids' nutrition is that's that's an area I'm kind of interested in because there's a lot to do with um, the psychology of eating when you're that young, and people are kind of debating about how picky kids really are, or if it's just the way that we're kind of raising them or training them to eat, 
and yeah. how little their exposures are to different foods. So, I, yeah, I'm interested in that area. So what? Yeah, what do you like? What do you think kids should be give like? I don't know. Should we not be giving them like ice cream and chips and empty calorie things? Is, does that mean then though, if we don't expose them to funner, more fun foods sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think, well, this actually ties into my personal research that I'm doing for my grad program too. Um, have you heard of the farm to school program at all? I uh, can't say I have. Okay. So it's basically, um, it's incorporating more food system education into um just all different school districts and the the goal of it is to make kids more familiar with foods and hopefully have them eat more and there has been really good research with it um and a lot of the activities involve um, taste testings actually gardening with the kids Um, they do farm visits but it's really a lot of exposure and they found that when kids are involved in the actual growing process, they're a lot more likely to actually consume the foods. Yeah. That is a really important component to that. There's so much more with like family dinners, all that kind of stuff. But I think starting that small component in schools is really important to get kids more involved in their food systems and then more likely to eat it. Yeah, I mean, we put a big emphasis on like gym class, which, I think is important, but I don't remember ever doing any nutritional food related things in like elementary school. And I feel like that would be very beneficial. Mm-hmm. There's like a, a bit in health class. I remember, but it was like nothing. A habit in health class. Yeah. I don't remember taking anything like that. <laughs> younger, uh, half sister. And uh, I don't remember what grade she's going into. She's turning seven, but I feel like my family's pretty good about now that we're like all older and kind of understand food better. I think we're pretty good about feeding, you know, her the right vegetables and all the food groups that she needs just cause I don't, I don't know, maybe it'll be interesting to see how her school system is different from mine in that sense. Cause I could see like us going towards more of a educational system based on that, you know? Mm-hmm. it's expanding a lot it, it's a newer program too it's not in all schools right now and the participation is a super wide range so it's been hard to find um, a lot of data on because a school can say they participate and they can just do like a taste testing or they can say they participate and they have like gardens and cooking classes and farm but like it's such a wide range but I think it is really growing a lot in schools because they are seeing the importance of it yeah. And so do you think that you could see yourself, you said you were interested in the area. Do you think you could see yourself having a, like a future career specific in that, like the kid realm? Yeah. Um, I have thought a lot about um, like pediatric nutrition. I yeah. think kids are so much more moldable than adults. Um, and they get so excited about things too, like food. Um, I think that's a super interesting area and most of my experience has been in community um it's a a lot of hard work working in community nutrition um but it's it's very very important why is it why is it such hard work um at least with my experience it's catering to instead of like one-on-one nutrition you have to cater to like a very large 
community of people with different needs, kind of. Um, I had, at least in my personal experience, I had like long hours, that kind of stuff. Um, we cooked free lunches um, in North Minneapolis with one of my experiences. And it, um, I think we fed like 100 people a day. Um, and it was just, it was a lot. But it was really important because that was some of their, um, that was like some of their only like food sources for the day. So it was very valuable experience. Yeah, it sounds very fun and rewarding. Yeah. So we, we talked about protein already. I do want to go into uh, carbs and fats just a little bit since we were in that subject of macros. What can you just give like a few food examples or ways to get good or better versions of carbs and better versions of fat? Yeah. Um, along with the haze thing, I also want to say that um, a big component is all foods fit too. So um, even though there are some better and not as good um, yeah. options. <laughs> I was thinking about oh, that when I said that. I figured you might say <laughs> no, something. No, no, no. It's a good question. But um, yeah, just so that all options are open. But um, for grains, it's I think whole grains are really important. Um, so that's like whole wheat bread, brown rice. I really have been into quinoa lately. Um, yeah, kind of looking for the, the more whole grain instead of basically refined options. Oatmeal is a great option. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it comes to fats, um, we haven't had, honestly, a ton of, I don't know, education about fats specifically, but um, we... I just feel like it gets such a bad rep in it. You know, it's not... They're so important. <laughs> yeah. They are. Um, I I really like cooking with olive oil. That's like my, my go-to. Um, but there are certain, so all different fats have different, um, I can't think of the word for it, but um, like burn temperatures, basically. Mm. So certain foods I can't cook with olive oil because it burns at a lower temperature. So like popcorn, I like making like on the stove. Um, canola oil kind of has a, a bad rep, but I won't make popcorn with any other oil because it will just burn and not taste good. So I don't know, it's a balance of different fats, but um, I really like incorporating like plant fats, like avocado oil is great. Um, and then I know you probably don't have yogurt, but um, when I buy yogurt, I do like to buy like full fat yogurt. Get that okay. Yeah, definitely more filling. Yeah, yeah, and fat. I feel like I see fat-free in giant like letters across so many different yogurts. I don't even you don't even think about. At least when I was eating yogurt, I would always be like, "Yep, grabbing the fat-free one or the sugar-free one and things like that." Do you? What about coconut oil? Do you ever use coconut oil? I am so there's so much conflicting research right now that I don't know where I stand. There's. I have people I'm in school with who are like, yes, coconut oil, awesome. And then there's people who are still like, it is the worst oil you can have for you. Yeah. yeah. I I really don't know where I stand. I don't cook with it that much. Um, I use it on my skin sometimes, but um, yeah, I I yeah, I don't know enough about coconut oil. Is it is it like supposedly super bad for you just because it has a lot of uh, saturated fats in it? Is that like the argument? Yeah, I think 
people are concerned that it because it's a solid at room temperature that's kind of like I don't know like usually the the fats that I guess have the bad rep are solid at room temperature and I think yeah the saturated yeah the saturated is kind of a concern for people but yeah I don't know yeah yeah well, I mean, going back to the haze thing, though, too, with the whole bad rep and things, a lot of what I remember learning in nutrition classes, too, is, like, quantity of food. And, like, if you're not just binge eating on super or, you know, bad food, quote, unquote, uh, but, like, mixing it into your diet and you're just going to, like, overall, overall well-rounded diet, like, you shouldn't have much of an issue maintaining a healthy life yeah definitely yeah I think just not getting so I think people like to use scare tactics kind of with foods with diet culture um like sugar has been something that people have been made terrified of um Mm -hmm. if you eat it and mix it in with your diet it's just you'll be fine there's no need to have that um crazy fear over sugar or coconut oil it's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. Well, we kind of went a bunch of different tangents there, but I was worried originally about asking you about plant-based eating just because I didn't want to get, I was worried about you like hating on it or something just oh. in case. Uh, no, and, I totally understand it. It makes sense for the environment. Yeah, yeah that's good to hear. A good mix. So before we move off of nutrition, with haze and dieting and eating and everything, what would you imagine a perfect quote unquote world of just healthy eating looking like if we had, if you like could have it according to your way and haze, this is kind of, I didn't send this question to you. I just thought of it off the top of my head, but you know, um, it would be super individualized. I think the idea that, one diet fits all is so incorrect. Um, mm-hmm. I think everyone should have a dietitian. I think that would be nice if we could do that. Um, I think dietitians need to be recognized as a, a preventative care too. And um, I know a lot of insurance still struggles to cover some um, nutrition services. And I think that is a really big problem with um, just kind of our food culture, but oh, yeah. we could have a whole podcast oh, about preventative okay. healthcare versus oh. <laughs> uh, reactive. My company is on the preventative side too, and it's knowing like I feel like majority of the world doesn't care, and they're just like, well, when I'm when I'm older, when I like five years from now, if I have this health issue, I'll worry about it then, you know. And it's like we could just prevent these things. Yeah, but yeah. sorry, I'm, sorry I'm, to cut you I'm, off there. No, no, I am very passionate about that because um, it definitely does save a lot of um, money and time and people's lives too. Um, Yeah, but I just think um, more body acceptance is really important. Um, Yeah, individualized diets. um, And then, yeah, working to kind of dismantle diet culture. Um, Yeah. Better mindsets i think on food is the biggest thing that we need to work on i think a lot yeah. of people struggle with that and yeah. it's normal for people too hopefully our generation can help change this and make the 
the world better in that realm too. Better mindsets for food and just better mindsets in general. Definitely. I've so. definitely seen just like with um, like my parents or like, especially for my mom, like um, middle-aged to older women, it's so normal to have gone on like 10 diets throughout your life. That was just during their generation. That's what you did um, mm-hmm. especially as a woman and um, kind of me getting my education and kind of putting that on her. She's changed so much about the way she eats and, thinks about food and food freedom but I think it's something that will as like our generation grows up change definitely yeah yeah. well it starts with starts with people like you you just gotta plant one seed like that (laughs) and then they plant a seed in someone's head and just spreads eventually it should spread to everywhere right Mm -hmm. I hope so (laughs) so now steering away from nutrition I am curious, you, I would assume, being a grad student and um, with everything going on in your life, you have a pretty pretty busy schedule. And a lot of the time we talk about goal setting, being organized, discipline, things like that to get whatever you want to be accomplished in your life accomplished. So I'm just kind of curious how you plan on staying organized through grad school and with teaching classes, staying healthy. And yeah. all that. Um, this week I just bought the biggest calendar I could find at <laughs> um, paper. <laughs> so that's that's one of my things. Um, yeah, that's gonna help me a lot. I am a huge like list writer. That's really big yep. for me. Um, I need a checklist to just cross things off. Um, I have a really good uh, grad advisor, and she is so awesome about keeping me on my due dates. Um, I'm supposed to do my defense in October, I just found out. Um, but she has been like prepping me along the way, giving me really good timelines, um, have a really updated Google calendar. She's taught me that, which is really important. Um, and I think some of my goals for this semester, I really, in past um, school years, did not prioritize my health, um, mental health. So I'm going to hope to get some more time to do exercise and just definitely free time for myself. Um, and then yep. I really want to make my students a priority this semester. I'm really excited to actually be in charge of my own lab and kind of make it the environment I want it to be. And I, I think I have seen from my TAs in the past or teachers how I wanted to be treated or wanted the environment to be like. And I, I'm happy that I actually get to do that this year. Well, good for you. That's super cool. <laughs> <It's a> so <laughs> lot. before I have two questions left and we're going to do some, the first set is rapid fire questions. I had mentioned that we always do these on our show. Mm-hmm. And then I have a question regarding mindful eating and then we can go over that more in depth. Uh, but I want to start with the rapid fire questions. So these are completely random things. Okay. I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your head. I don't know if you've listened to any past episodes, but we always do this. Um, and there is one, two, three, four, five, six of them. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite comfort food? Um, mashed potatoes. Favorite song right now? Oh my gosh. Um, 
honeybee by head in the heart. Taylor Swift is blank. <laughs> um, uh, tall. <laughs> okay, what is your what is your go to meal? Go to meal. Um, it would be some sort of like Mediterranean roasted veggie, quinoa, and a protein of some sort. Delicious. You oh, are stranded on tzatziki sauce. That's really important. Oh yeah. You're stranded on an island, and you can bring three items. What are the three items? Um, uh, my dog, <laughs> probably. Um, I think I might bring like my guitar, just so I have. I'm not really good, but just something to work on. Yeah. Um, and some sound, just because I feel like I would lose my mind. Do I need food? Is that a thing? Sure. No, no, food's provided. Food's provided. Oh. Um, I think my bed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are three essentials right there. Dog, dog, bed, and guitar. Yeah. That's all you need. All right, last question. If you could give freshman year kate any advice what would it be um i think it would be to have more confidence in myself i never thought i would be doing what i'm doing now and i wish i could tell myself it would it's just all gonna work out definitely didn't think it would but it did yeah well it definitely did yeah. and i'm excited to eventually have you back on the pod someday too to talk about more nutrition stuff yeah so Last question now is in the mindful eating realm. And I, another thing I'm guilty of that I am very bad at doing, I typically just scarf down my food and don't even think twice about it. Uh, but do you want to just give your opinion on it and then we can go over the surprise for our listeners? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to move back to my room now, too. Okay. So, sorry for the change of scenery. Um, yeah, so mindful and intuitive eating goes hand in hand with haze and it's a lot of um, understanding your body honoring your hunger cues um, food freedom but it's it's kind of getting it's basically getting back to the responses and cues we had when we were born so the way I think about it is when you're a kid and you you I don't know you just when you're hungry you eat and that's just what it is. I think about like when a kid comes inside from playing all day, they like eat as eat their food, and then the next it's the next thing they go on to playing. Like it's um, it's very in the moment. It's it's kind of heightening your senses a little bit to really understand your environment, the food you're eating, your body. Um, yeah, it's kind of putting putting all that together to have appreciation for the food you consume and your body as well so, yeah, yeah definitely so you had asked if we could do or you brought up the idea of doing a, a mindful eating practice and i'm super stoked about it do you want to just yeah. talk about it and then yeah guide um, me through whatever i need to do and our listeners so if you're listening right now you, can do you want to talk about what they can do this with and yeah definitely so as well um, for this exercise, we're going to use raisins. I've done it with, um, like a piece of candy before, like a Hershey's kiss or a mini candy bar. 
Um, but yeah, we're gonna use raisins today. And it's an exercise I've done probably like 10 times in my undergrad, um, but it just is getting you to like the very basic ideas of mindful eating and walks you through kind of all the things you can think about when you're eating. And it's very kind of like slow paced, but it's all for a purpose. So mm-hmm. we can walk through it. I'll get, I'll get my raisins too. I brought them. Sweet. Let's okay. do it. So anyone Mine are golden raisins. So I like golden butter, honestly. Okay. So anyone can do it at home too. Um, so the first thing you do is kind of just hold a raisin. If you can find the biggest one, that'd be the best. But, um, you're basically just going to hold it between two of your fingers and kind of just observe it, look at it, look at the grooves in it, kind of look at it like it's a new object, like an alien object that you've never seen before. Um, yeah, turn it around, feel the texture on the outside. And then when you're ready, put it in the palm of your hand and kind of feel the weight of it. See how it rolls around on your hand. Does it feel more or less heavy than you expected it to? Just kind of keep observing. And then the next step is you're going to close your eyes and think about um, where this food came from. So think about all the energy that went into creating this food. You can start right from the seedling that had to grow into the plant, all the water, the sun, that fertilizing that went into it. And then also think about the harvesting that went into it, all the people's energy that went into it. And then from there, I like to think they're dried by the sun, but I don't, probably not. Um, Just think about the extra energy it took to um, turn the grape into a raisin. And just think about the whole process and then how it went to the store and now it is here in your hand. And then you can open your eyes, look back at it, the raisin. And then the next one is to smell it. See if there's any, just drop it. (laughs) If there's any familiar scents, is it what you expected? Kind of thing. And then finally, you can put it in your mouth, but don't chew it. Just kind of roll it around in your tongue. Notice what it feels like on your tongue versus between your fingers, what it tastes like. And then when you're ready, you can bite into it. And notice kind of the burst of flavor, how it feels around your mouth, what areas of the raisin you end up chewing. And then you can swallow the raisin whenever you're ready. how that feels too. Any thoughts? I, well, first of all, it's I was expecting the raisin. Yeah. A few, a few thoughts I had. Okay. First, when it was in the palm of my hand, it strangely felt heavier than I thought it would. Like I could actually kind of feel like the weight. It was weird. Uh, and then the other thing is I was expecting it to smell and I didn't smell like anything. 
And I don't know. Maybe that's just because of my nose. I don't know. Because normally raisins have a pretty golden raisins, maybe. Or maybe it's because it's not like quantity of them. You know, there's only yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh but I. It's funny because the first time I did one of those was probably freshman year of college, and I hated it. <laughs> it's it's like it, it's like yoga and this mindfulness. And to me, growing up, I was like, I don't know definitely not a fan of those things just because i don't know i think that's kind of partly like the stigma behind what like men culture is and stuff you know and i don't know if it was probably sophomore and junior year when i started opening my mind more to like just mindfulness in general and now i love it so much now that i'm like okay with it and stuff like that so i love those practices i think they're super cool just because like I said, with the weight thing, you don't even think about normally you grab the raisins, just sho- bun- show a bunch in your mouth. Right. Don't even think about how much it weighs or anything. And then like you never, at least I personally never think about where that food is coming from. So like, that's another one too. And you think about, I don't even know what store that came from. Like It was just in my fridge. Mm-hmm. I, like, that's all I know. So. And it, it's not to say that every time you eat a raisin, you have to go through that whole process, but it's a few like extra things to think about when you're eating your food to just kind of slow down, have an appreciation for your food, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, so many people, including myself, will watch TV when they eat, you know, and so the focus is just on the TV and you're not even thinking about the food. And so I, I, I wish I did it more, but like, I like to try and sit down and just eat the food. Don't look at my phone or anything and just like, even if I'm like looking outside, I feel like that's way better, but just like be like in that present moment type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is strange how rare that is today though, to just eat just you and food. It's just not as common anymore. Everyone's yeah. so busy. Well, from every, all of our listeners that just did that, like the, the millions of them, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're more appreciative of that now, but sweet. Well, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. And Thank you for coming on the show to every respectful of your time. And I, we, we covered like, you know, all the high level topics I wanted to cover. Uh, I don't know if you have any last minute things that come to your mind that you want to say to leave our listeners, or if you have any questions you want to ask me or anything, um, um, kind of open the floor to you, I guess. If not, that's cool too. I would just say everyone, um, if you have time to go research the health at every size movement, Um, I know it's really helped me and a lot of other people in my life to have better relationships with food and our bodies. Um, Yeah, I'm working to create a more body positive world. Um, And I do have a food Instagram if anyone wants to follow it at Kate Lovey Cooks. Um, And I I try to share a lot of body positive um, anti-diet stuff on there and some of the recipes I cook. Um, But yeah. That's basically and it. your trivia is it trivia Tuesdays? You have tri- you have other posts on your stories I that I love, but the trivia Tuesdays are That's bomb. My consistent one that I try to always do, but yes, trivia Tuesdays Sweet. are fun. Very good. Well, well, thank you again, everyone. Go follow Kate on her social media handle. I'll also plug that as well as the Hayes overall website mm-hmm. uh, and anything else. But, we talked about you want me to plug so thank you again (laughs) and i look forward to talking to you again at some point on this show
Thank you. <laughs>